Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. The visibility factor is brought to you in part by the Choose Your Life Challenge. Do you feel like it's too late to do something new? You have a good life and your basic needs are met. You have a place to live, a job that provides enough, and friends and family to share it with. But it's all passing by so quickly, and it feels like you're running out of time to do the things you wanted to do. Join Danielle McCombs and Christy Allinger, co-hosts of the Opposite of Small Talk podcast, in a 30-day interactive experience that helps you to live a more intentional life. Through a combination of live sessions, video coaching, and digital social interaction, you will be guided through a series of ideas to explore your mindset and gain confidence to live the life you want. Sign up today by visiting theoppositeofsmalltalk.com forward slash challenge. Use promo code challenge4 for a 20% discount. That's theoppositeofsmalltalk.com forward slash challenge and promo code challenge4. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. This is Sue Barber, your host. We have a return guest today. I'm so excited to have Laura Brown back with us. And she has written a new book. And I know this is going to be very important for a lot of you to hear, who unfortunately may be going through some tough situations, being laid off or let go from your role. And I know she has some great advice. So welcome to the show, Laura. Great. Thank you, Sue. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm really excited about it. I am too. So just to remind everybody, give a quick reminder of your bio and let's start talking about this book. Okay. Well, the book is called Help. My company swiped left. And so it's all about layoffs. And I have been in human resources for tech companies for, well, I don't want to say how many years, but let's just say it's a really, really long time. Um, And so I've worked at a lot of large companies and I'm now a, a coach. I'm a business consultant. I do training. I've written for Forbes. I've, you know, shown up in lots of different um, magazines like Cosmopolitan and Family Circle and things like that. And so basically, I love to help employees. And last year, my um, co-author and I, Jill Ferguson, were looking at what was going on and thought we should write a book to help people with layoffs. And I got to tell you, I really hated that idea. Really, really, really hated that idea. Um, And I didn't want to write the book because it's a horrible topic. I mean, nobody wants to get laid off, but we wrote it. And now since we have we started writing the book, unfortunately, I just keep seeing more and more layoffs. Mm -hmm. And so I know it's something that people really need help with right now. Mm -hmm. It's like you had your crystal ball to be prepared for that, (laughs) you know, in an unfortunate way. Right. I I know nobody wants to go through that. Yeah. Uh, So let's talk about your own experience with this happening to you and how that happened and how that felt for you. Oh, so I have been laid off twice in my career and both times I was totally shocked by it. I mean, totally shocked. And so the first time it happened, 
Um, I was actually homesick. And this was many, many years ago. It was early in my career. I was homesick. And my boss left me a voicemail letting me know that was my last day. Yeah, it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. I had, and I, I had no idea about it. Now, looking back on it, I realized, oh, there were, there were some messages there. But the fact was, at the time, I was totally shocked. I didn't know what to do. And, you know, I did not have savings. You know, again, I was early in my career. I had a small child and I was like, oh my gosh, I need a job tomorrow. And so I really panicked and, and it was just, it was a horrible, horrible experience. And so I think about that now and think, you know, I hate for anybody to go through that. And, and when I look back though, what ended up happening was I got a temporary job a week later. I mean, again, I like called everybody I knew. I did everything I could and I got a temporary job and that was the best thing I could have done. And I had a six month temporary job. And even though it wasn't a company I really wanted to work for, it wasn't really a great project I was working on, it helped me to pivot. And so if I hadn't lost that job, I wouldn't be where I am today because I wouldn't have changed my career. And so even though it was a horrible experience for me, it really taught me some things. And I'm actually, I'm glad that it happened to me. Okay, well, wow. there's so many things I want to ask you about. <laughs> just that one you just share. Okay. Okay. First, I want to go to what are the signs that you saw looking back yeah. that you that you might have missed? Because maybe that would help someone else think about that for themselves. Absolutely. Well, and so it's interesting. So when I looked back, and again, it was a, it was a smaller company. When I looked back, I realized that they were talking about like belt tightening and that like fiscal things. And there were some, there seemed to be some, um, some issues with making money. But again, I thought, oh, no big deal. Cause I, they, nobody told my boss did not sit me down and say, you know, we're having budget issues, but I started hearing some, some rumors about that. But I, what I did was I've sort of, I was in denial. And so in the book, one of the things we talk about is Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's five stages of grief. So basically five stages of death and dying. And the first one is denial. And so I'm sure that's going on every place right now. I mean, you're all hearing about layoffs, but you're thinking, not my company or not me. And that's exactly what I thought, not me. And so if I had started really looking at, man, the company is not doing well fiscally, how is my job really needed? And I thought it was, but in the grand scheme of things, they could do without me. I mean, it was after I looked at it. And so if I had really just thought about that, and if I had really had some more good conversations with my boss, that would help. Because one of the things that happened was I was one of those people, I liked the fact that my boss didn't spend a lot of time with me. Well, yeah, (laughs) again, that was a red flag that my boss was really busy doing other things. I should have asked for more meetings. I should have been more sort of on top of things, but I was just so happy that she wasn't bugging me that I thought this is great. Now, again, sometimes that's great, but especially now, I think it's really important to have weekly meetings, every other week, just sort of check-ins to make sure you know what's going on. And I would have also asked to be on some other projects and connected with other people. So I was really siloed and really focused on what I was doing. So again, when I, when I look back on it, there are just so many things that I could have done differently. However, one of the things I talk about in the book is don't beat yourself up. You know what? I missed it. But on the other hand, it turned out to be a good thing for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm just going to go uh, a little bit into visibility on that because that is exactly Please. what I talk about, is making sure that you're con- consistently getting in front of your boss, talking about the things that you're doing. Uh, and even though you thought your job was valuable, apparently they didn't, right? So how can you help them see 
that what you're doing is valuable and that they need you. So all the listeners, you know, take some lessons from this because I think it's very, I, I think your experience is very normal, right? My boss isn't bugging me. Great. I'm getting some stuff done. I'm not being micromanaged. But on the other hand, they don't know what you're doing then, right? So mm-hmm. it feels maybe like it's not as important as it is. Yeah, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because you're right. I made some assumptions at the time that my boss knew what I was doing. I mean, you know, she I, she knew the numbers or I gave some reports, but she didn't really know enough. She didn't know about the new things I was working on because I was bringing customers in. She didn't know about that. And I really should have explained that more. And again, not just to her, but maybe I should have made it more visible to other people. So when they had that meeting and said, who should we lay off? Nobody would have said Laura. But, you know, when they had the meeting and they said, you know, who should we lay off? They're like, oh, I don't know what Laura's doing. You know, let's exactly. let her go. That's what I say. Yeah. Like, you never want to be the one in the meeting that no one knows. Make exactly. sure they, they know yes. you. <laughs> okay. Love that. Okay. Next, I want to go into the situation you're in, right? You have a small child. You don't have a job. Financially, <sighs> you're not in a good place. I always feel like those are those um, big pressure moments, right, that you can make a choice, right? You can mm-hmm. hide and just kind of, you know, stay in bed and pull the covers over your head and hope it gets better, <laughs> or you can do something. And so mm-hmm. what was your thought process at that point? It sounds like you, you know, did something, right, even if you didn't know if it was the right thing to do at that moment. <laughs> well, my thought process was really panic, honestly. <laughs> I, was not, I was not in a good place. But, but, but when you get past that. Um, my thought process was, I need to make this happen. So you're right. You have you have a choice. And, you know, in the book, I talk about the fact that part of your brain is, you know, saying, ah, oh, no. But the thinking part of your brain goes, OK, we can make this happen. We can make this happen. You know, go ahead and get started. So what I ended up doing was I started contacting, you know, people that I knew and I let them know. Now, you don't always do this. So the other time that I got laid off, I didn't want to tell people. I mean, I, I was so mm-hmm. devastated. But that time I was like, I need to contact my network and I need to say, do you know of anything? Are you aware? And so somebody gave me a contact of somebody else who knew something. So basically it was, I don't have a choice. I need to take some action now. What kind of action can I take? I need to reach out. I love that because that's the other thing we talk about in my book too, which is make sure you have a good network of people yes. that you can leverage because you just never know when you might need it. And even mm-hmm. if you're thoroughly thrilled at your job and you don't want to leave it, don't stop networking because you just don't know. You could be like Laura's situation and she thought she was fine, right? And you just don't yeah. know. I'm uh, so glad you said that because one of the things that I, I always say is um, what tends to happen is when we have a job loss, we reach out to people. And so people would always reach out to me when they had a job loss and I always help them. But let me tell you what the people I helped more the people I helped quicker were the people that I had been networking with already. Mm-hmm. So exactly. I always say network before you need it. Mm-hmm. So if you've already been networking with me or you connected with me maybe a month ago or whatever, and now you contact me and say, Laura, I need a new job. You bet I'm going to be working with you. And also now I am thinking, hey, you know, in a couple of months, I might be the one connecting with you. So connect early. Yes, Totally agree. Yeah, you can't go ask for favors if you've never really talked to them or you don't know them that well. Yeah, that's just not going well, to work. Okay, I'm going I'm to push back on that, though, Susan. Okay. So here's the funny part. So and, and generally, I agree with you. But what's funny is 
um, when I work, because I when I work with a lot of women, they're like, I can't reach out to this person. I haven't reached out to them in you know in two years. I haven't reached out to them in six months. I can't reach out to them. I'm like, reach out to them. And then I remember when I talk to when I coach men, the men are like, oh, I worked with this guy <laughs> ten years ago. And I remember one guy I worked with literally it was like eleven years previously, and he reached out to me for a favor, and I thought. I would never have done that. I'm going to learn from that. That even though it is not the best thing, you know, if you haven't reached out to somebody in 11 years, reach out to them. You know, what's, what's it going to hurt? Yeah. And maybe this will start something new. Now, did he ask you for the favor when he reached out to you or did he oh, just he reach did, out? Oh, he absolutely did. Oh, okay. oh, no, he asked me for a favor. He said, hey, Laura, remember when we used to work together? I'm like, yeah. He said, <laughs> I need a connection to something. And I gave it to him. That's the funny part. I mean, I liked working with him. Now, again, plenty of people won't. And, you know, Sue and I are saying network now. Absolutely. Yes. But don't let it stop you because you just never know. Point. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have had people reach out to me. I shouldn't say that that's the only way, but I do feel yeah. like it's a little bit better. <laughs> they at least oh, know it's you. definitely <laughs> better. Definitely better. Absolutely. Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. So in terms of this situation happening, right, you mentioned, you know, you go through shame. You may not want to go out, talk about it. You may not want to tell anybody. And how do you help them move past that oh, yeah. to get out like kind of get on the saddle again, right? Get back out there and start to have conversations yeah. to find something. Yeah. So I have sort of a three-part model and I'll just real briefly go through it. The first one is you question it. So if you're in your mind, you're saying, you know, I'll never get another job. I can't go out and talk to people, you know, all sorts of bad things. So you did swirling in your head and it's horrible. So you have to pull out one of these things and question, is it true that I'm never going to get a job? Well, no, that's not true. Is it true that I'm a terrible employee? No, it's not true. And so by looking at it, that helps. The second thing is you want to say it. And so this is sort of the tough part that you don't want to tell people what's going on. But what you really need to do is, first of all, talk to pick your most supportive people. Okay, (laughs) so if there's somebody supportive, talk to them about it. And then even if you don't, if you can't find a supportive person, this is going to sound funny. Say it out loud, because when I work with people, when I coach people, when they say something out loud, suddenly they realize it sort of loses the power. Mm-hmm. So if I if I say out loud, you know, I'll never get another job. Now that I say it out loud, I realize how silly it is. So sometimes saying it is helpful. And if you don't want to do it, journal it. So write it down. And journaling doesn't mean you're you're a writer and it has to be perfect. It just means to throw the things in your head onto something. So the idea is to get it out somehow. Either it's to supportive people, it's on a piece of paper or you know on your computer, or you've said it out loud. And then the final part is rewrite it. So sort of turn it around. So again, if I say, you know, I'm I'm terrible and I lost my job, instead I can say something like, there are better jobs out there for me. This is a great opportunity. This gives me a chance to, you know, to fulfill my dreams of being a writer or doing something. So if I go from bad Laura, this is terrible, to thinking about it and questioning it and then coming up with something totally different, turning it around, now I'm feeling better about it. And now it's easier for me to go out and to, we call it uh, to get away from the armadillo mode. Armadillos, <laughs> basically, you know, they have a hard shell and so they sort of put themselves in a ball. And so you have to get out of that armadillo mode and open yourself up and be able to talk to people and get suggestions and get help from them. Wow. Yeah, I think that is 
you know, a lot of people that I know who have been through this, it, it's a really hard thing to get past. And I think mm-hmm. because they've spent a long time at a company, they feel like there's loyalty from their side to the company, but there isn't always loyalty on the other side coming back to you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I'm wondering, how do you help people not personalize this? Oh, it's, it is so hard. And, and the fact is, and one of the things we say is, it's not you, it's them. Okay, the fact, and part of the problem is, though, is companies say you're part of the family, you know, you're part of the team, and we love you, and all that other stuff, and that's true until the numbers come in, and then they don't <laughs> love you. But so what, I, what I'm telling people now is, this is not your family. This is a company, and this is a decision you can leave at any time, you can quit at any time, and they can quit you at any time. And once you recognize that, it'll help you to separate yourself a little bit. And the fact is, it's not personal, it's the numbers. It came down to the numbers. And believe me, I know it stings because the, the other time I was was laid off, I'm like, why didn't somebody else get laid off? It came down to the numbers, you know, mm-hmm. that that, you know, because of my salary and because of other things, it made sense that I was the one that was laid off. But and when I was able to instead think it was me, and instead think it was the numbers, it really helped me to get past that. When I think your three-part model actually helps kind of work through that introspective Mm -hmm. conversation you need to have with yourself a little bit and move through that change process and some of the grieving process, as you mentioned as well, because that's very real. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that I experienced that for myself when I left craft, and I know Mm -hmm. many people have had that. And I'll say to them, like somebody I talked to who is a client, literally got let go one day and called me very upset. And I said, you get today, like you get today to cry. You get today to go sit in your bed and watch a movie. You get to drink Mm -hmm. some wine, whatever it is you need to do today. And then tomorrow we're going to talk and we're going to get back on the saddle. So I think you have to give people that space, I think a little Mm -hmm. bit to give some time to accept that this just happened. Otherwise you're just in shock. That's so true. And I'm really glad you said that. One of the things I mentioned is I go back to um, William Bridges wrote a great book on transition. So he's all about change. Mm -hmm. And basically there are three parts to it. It's something ends, then there's a messy middle part, and then something begins. And you have to, you have to honor the something ends. So, I mean, when you let go, yeah, that, that ended for, you know, they ended it, but maybe, I mean, but you're still holding on to it. So you need to cry and you need to grieve Mm -hmm. and you need to say goodbye. And honestly, if they packed up a box for you or you had to pack up a box and it's sitting in your garage or sitting in your basement, take it out and and get rid of it and throw it away and really go through that process of saying goodbye so that you can get to the beginning. Because if you hold on to it and and you haven't cried and you haven't grieved and you haven't done all those things, you're still holding on to that that anger at you or that anger at the company. And you need to let it go in order to move forward. Oh, that's so important because, okay, I'll just share this quick story. When I was, you know, we still had offices um, before we moved to like an open concept. And when we left the company, there were people who had offices and cubes and had all of their awards. And they literally took all their awards, these beautiful crystal awards and threw them in a dumpster. (gasps) And so I thought, this is so sad to see like all of these amazing moments. Like when you got that award, you were so happy. And now you're mad, right? You're mad at the Mm -hmm. company because of what happened. So I don't know, you know, how they process that afterwards because I didn't see them. But I think it's very, uh, it's a very real thing that people need to deal with that grief and, Mm -hmm. and allow themselves to feel it. 
and move through it and move towards acceptance because that's how you can go find the next thing. So do you view some of these situations as a gift for people? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I do. So um, again, for me, it was, it put me on a different trajectory that it it really allowed me to do something that I wanted to. So here's the problem. So I actually didn't like the job that I was in. I really didn't enjoy it. And I was starting to interview at other places. But because I had that nice paycheck, I I wasn't pushed. So when I didn't have that nice paycheck anymore, then suddenly I had to do something different. And I think, again, because I've worked for many years in other companies, you get that complacency Mm -hmm. and you get like, yeah, it's not great or it's not perfect or, you know, I wish I could do something else, but I got the paycheck. And so even though it feels really, really painful, sometimes having that push that I now need to do something else is really, really a blessing. And again, in in my case, it really helped me to to push me to do something which, you know, started me on the the right career that I really needed to do. Now, I got to tell you also, it's so interesting to me. So what I'm seeing now is a lot of people are posting on LinkedIn, I lost my job, you know, help me. And I have not seen that before. I don't know if Mm. you've seen it, but it didn't used to be that people would come out and say, I lost my job, my friend lost her job, my husband lost his job, you know, and but the postings now it's it's getting okay. And now people are are giving support and people are offering to help and people are, you know, suggesting other jobs. So really now it's people are really beginning to help each other to get through this difficult time and make it okay and make it it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about the fact that the economy, the companies, this is the way things happen and we really want to help you. And I think that's much better. A hundred percent. Yeah, there was, I remember, I can't remember which layoff. It was a tech company that maybe three, four years ago, and they started a, a post in LinkedIn. And then they asked all of their employees who are getting let go to post on that one specific thread so that huh. anybody who was looking for someone could say, you know, here's some of the people who got let go, which I thought was really, really great. I mean, it's wow. not a great situation, but at no. least they're they're trying to put those people out there and get some exposure for them under mm-hmm. their still company name, which I think helps. Wow. So, huh. yeah, that's that's the only one I've seen. But, yes, I, I'm I mean, I'm happy for this because to me, whenever these things happen. What I think about is opportunity, right? It's mm-hmm. an opportunity for someone to get a different job like you're talking about and what I also mm-hmm. went through. Uh, but I also think it's an opportunity for people to pivot, as you talked about. And I don't know that, I don't know, I, if I go back in time and think I had this really nice paycheck too, would I have left right away? Probably not. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think it does push you a little bit to get out of your comfort zone and try something else. So how can you help people start to see this as a positive, to start to see what's possible for them in terms of a pivot for them in some way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so that sort of gets to, to, to mindset. So first of all, you have to sort of, you have to be willing to to let it go. And so, I mean, I do I do meditation, you know, people do breathing, people do journaling, things like that. So again, sort of let the let that go and then be open to it. So start to look for what are different opportunities. And so, you know, in in the book, I say, you know, write down, you know, what you really want for your next job, what you don't want. But I'm going to expand that. I want you to think, so imagine you had a magic wand, okay? And you could do whatever you wanted to do. And I want you to think about, okay, what, what 
what would you be doing in my toilet? I'd be, you know, sitting on a beach and I'd be, you know, <laughs> drinking a pina colada. Okay, okay, but but tell me more. Like, but what would you what would you like to do? And maybe it's, you know, I've always wanted to be in films. I've always wanted to write a book. I've always wanted to be a coach. I've always wanted. To. So I want you. To, this is the time that you should be imagining things. And so, yeah, maybe you say, okay, maybe I'm not going to be, you know, a a blockbuster, you know, film editor or whatever. But what is it about that that excites me and interests me? And so this is the time to really sort of play around with ideas and think about it and think, well, what I really like is I just really like the idea of, you know, working in Hollywood and because I because I like this and I like I like positive people. Oh, I really want to work with positive, exciting, forward-thinking people. That's what I want. So, and if you can't do this on your own, you know, get somebody to help you talk it through. Just play around with it. So I like to think, you know, again, we're serious and we have our careers, but we need to go back to being little kids sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if you were a little kid and you were just playing with this and, you know, imagine it's like a ball or it's like toys or Legos. If you can play around with your career instead of feeling stuck, what would you want to do with it? So think of this as a chance to imagine things. And so imagine, you know, the craziest things you want to do and then start thinking, okay, how could I actually make that happen or make a part of it happen or make a piece of it happen or at least get me that same excitement. And so instead of focusing on the negative, now focus on I have chances and then let those chances get get excited about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love to do that, too, because what I've found is most people when they're kids, when I ask them, what did you want to be when you were going to grow up? Most of them actually have an idea of what that looks like. They can still remember mm-hmm. what they used to tell people. And when they think about it, they're like, gosh, I really should have done that. Why didn't I do that? Mm-hmm. And I think yep. that is true. I think a lot of us, when we're growing up, we know what we want to do. We, we let other people talk us out of it. Oh, that's mm-hmm. going to mean yep. you have to go to school an extra you know, number of years. And that was mine. I wanted to go into psychology. I talked myself out of it because it would have meant another four years of school. So I didn't want to do that. So I think yeah. that is true. Looking back and, and, and trying to have fun with this, I think is another important piece that you bring to the table here because it, it's stressful, I think, in most people's minds. And as long as you're in that stressful place, you're in the negative. And as soon as you can let that go and be creative and and just nothing is off the table. Every idea exactly. is good. Every idea is good. Yeah, you, you um, never know. And it's funny you say that because my my dream career when I was a kid is I wanted to be a writer. And oh, so, but yeah. I put it off for years because I, I was told, oh, you know, writers don't don't make money and stuff. And so, but now I have written my 11th book. And so was going back to that, that dream that I had. So cool. Here's something else I want to recommend. So one of my favorite questions to ask myself, I, I try and ask myself this every morning, what would, what can I do today that my future self will thank me for? So think about that. What can I do today that my future self will thank me for? And typically it's not sitting on the couch eating potato chips. So it might be, okay, it might be, you know, contacting somebody and, you know, just just finding out more about their job to find out, you know, to say, hey, I'm, I'm interested in something like that. I'm not looking for a job. Can you just tell me what it is that you do? So go for an informational interview. Just, you know, check with somebody or reach out to a colleague or apply for a job that, you know, you think is a, a little out of bounds for you, which by the way, women studies show tend to um, not apply for jobs that are a little more difficult for them, or they don't have a hundred percent 
of all the qualifications and men tend to apply for things if they have like seven out of 10 of the qualifications or maybe five out of 10, they apply for them. So don't stop yourself and then think about again, what can I do today that my tomorrow will be happy about? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's an amazing question. I love it. Put Mm -hmm. you in such a good place. Yeah. So you mentioned informational interviews and I talk about those as well. I would love to hear your perspective on those though. Maybe they're they're slightly different. We might learn from each other here on this one. I would love to hear what do you help people do to be able to have that conversation, especially if it's someone they don't know, they've never met before. Yeah, well, and obviously my first suggestion is that go through your, excuse me, go through your connections. So if you have a connection that you can contact about first, that, you know, I know Abigail. And so Abigail, you know, connected me. The best thing I also say is be really, really prepared and be really aware of their time. Okay. Now, the other thing I also suggest is we're so focused on, oh my gosh, this person is giving me 15 minutes of their time. Let's say I normally say 15 or 20 minutes. Um, And we don't think about what's in it for that person. Now, it's, you know, obviously, you know, I'm not paying you to talk to me um, and it might not be obvious, but maybe think about beforehand as part of your preparation. What could they get out of it? And they might be the kind of person that really likes to mentor other people, or maybe they just get a good feeling about telling people about their job. But whatever it is, I want you to think about what they could get out of it. And I always at the end say, is there anything I can do for you? You know, how could I possibly Mm -hmm. help you or one of your connections. And you never know. Sometimes people are like, oh, you know, I'm glad you asked because somebody I know, they need a job and something else or they need some information. So to me, it's about being prepared, about making the connection and also about sending the email or making the call because you can plan and plan and plan, but you actually have to do it. And it is nerve wracking. (laughs) And I've hit send and I'm like (gasps) taking a deep breath, but go ahead and do it. You know, what are you going to lose? Plenty of people won't say yes, but there'll be some of those people that will, some of those people will say yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, all they can do is say, no, I'm too busy right now. I don't have time or I could do it in a month or whatever, or they just won't respond. And that's okay. If they don't respond, you go to the next one, right? Mm -hmm. I think that has gotten easier for me definitely over time, but I can see, especially I think for the younger generations who are much more connected, you know, via phone Mm -hmm. and aren't as used to having these types of conversations, it can be a bigger challenge for them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, it's hard, but again, I always say, you know, give it a try. And if it doesn't work for you, that's fine. But imagine if I could talk to somebody even just for 15 minutes and get some key ideas that would really help me. Wouldn't I want to do that? And I always think about, would I do it? So if somebody asks me, you know, spend 15 minutes with me, you know, tell me about your career, tell me about something. I always do it because I think other people have helped me. I want to help them. So why not Mm -hmm. give it a try? Yeah, because some of it is about, do they have a connection that could help you get a job? Mm -hmm. It also could be around, they have a job that you might be interested in and do they love it? Yeah. (laughs) Do they seem happy? Mm -hmm. How did they get the job? I mean, like you can learn a lot of things through those conversations Mm -hmm. that might help you in kind of both directions, right? To help you get a job or determine if that job is really a good fit for you or not. Okay. So I do want to go back to the book for one thing, which I wanted to ask you earlier and, and didn't. How did you come up with this name? So clever. I love, love, love the name. So talk about that experience. That's so funny. Well, so I have to say a big shout out to my my co-author, Jill Ferguson, who I have known for years and years and years. She came up with the name. 
I did not. And really, it just, and she's just, she is brilliant and she's creative and she's, I don't know, she's written more than 15 books. She's written a ton of books um, and she's a book coach also. And it's funny because when she first said it, I'm like, what <laughs> left? And, <laughs> and actually the funny part is I told a couple of people, let's say I've told some people that have been in the workforce a lot of years and they're like, swipe left, like dating stuff. I'm like, yeah, like dating. And actually the funny part is in the book, we talk a lot about, we talk a little about we're, um, job hunting is sort of like dating, mm -hmm. you know, that it's, that it's not easy, but you have to put yourself out there and you'll find some great connections and some of them won't be <laughs> such great connections. And so, so to me, whenever, when I, when she told me that the name, it made me laugh and I'm like, yeah, that really, that says it to me. So yeah, it was uh -huh. all her. So clever. I mean, you always want a good title, yeah. right? That grabs people. And mm -hmm. so, yeah. Do you feel yep. like anyone is questioning that it is about relationships? I know it's, you know, it says my company, <laughs> but I mean, has anyone asked you about that? Like, is it relationships? You know, that's funny. Um, nobody has asked me specifically about that. And a lot of times it's because I, I say, you know, we talk about it like relationships, mm -hmm. even though that's not the, the main focus. We really do talk about it because if you think about it, I mean, most of us work a lot of mm -hmm. hours, um, you know, for a lot of years. And it is a, a really important relationship. Mm -hmm. It's a major important relationship to us. And so making that connection makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I think it's the hardest part, right? Because you leave the people that you work, you're probably with them more than your family a lot of times, right? Mm -hmm. You've spent many hours, you've traveled with them, you've been through tough mm -hmm. times at work, whatever those may be. And it's just like you have this bond, with these people. And now you're just like, goodbye. <laughs> Even though you could still yeah, see them, yeah. right? It doesn't mean you can't see them. But mm -hmm. I think that's where social media was at least helpful for me. Because I think about in mm -hmm. the past, you wouldn't have had that. If people moved away, all of that stuff, you wouldn't have had a connection with them unless you kept their phone number mm -hmm. or their address. Now in social media, at least yeah. you can still reach out to people and find out what company they're at now or what they're doing now. So I do think mm -hmm. that was helpful, at least in my situation. And by the way, when looking for a job, because hopefully, again, you've expanded your LinkedIn and your connections or whatever. So when you're looking for a job, I always recommend go ahead and take a look at your connection. Even with somebody mm -hmm. 15 years ago, hey, I'm applying at your company. Or I'm thinking of applying to your company. How do you like it? What's the culture like there? So, you know, make mm -hmm. that connection. And then then sometimes I have, you know, people have said, oh, I love it here. Oh, I'm so glad that you're applying. Hey, can I use your name? And by the way, a lot of times for companies that if you're applying and you use somebody's name, right. it's better. And it's good for them because sometimes they get um, they get a referral bonus. So don't discount that. So now I always, you know, have people ask, you know, would you like me to use your name or is it okay if I use your name? Do you have referral bonuses or something like that? And then sometimes like, wait, wait, let me give you a link and you can use my referral right. link. So yeah, why not help them help you? That's such a great point. I, th I don't think people think about that. They're more like, oh my gosh, they're not going to want to talk to me. You know, it's that whole armadillo exactly. thing happening, right? Yes. They're just trying to hide. Yes. Okay. So I would love to hear any last tips that you might have for people when they're still a little bit in armadillo mode, everything has just happened. They're a little still in shock. How can they just take even two or three things and do them to move out of that? Yeah. And so really the big thing that I say is, first of all, go back to don't blame yourself. Stop beating yourself up. OK. And it's it, you know what? Again, I can look back and, you know, on 
should I have seen it? Yeah, you know, now that I, I know, maybe I could have. But on the other hand, it is what it is, okay? As far as I know, none of us has a time machine and can go back and change it. So instead of, so it's, when I think about, is it helping me to beat myself up? Nope, this is not helping me at all. So I really need to, what's the Disney song? Let it go. <laughs> so I need to let it go. And sometimes I sing, let it go. Um, so whatever you need to do to to let it go, make sure that you do that. And then I, I, I want you to think about this. This is an opportunity that it may not feel good right now. And even for the six months after I got laid off, it didn't feel that good because I knew I was in a temporary job. Um, but it was an opportunity and it get, did give me chances. And who knows, maybe it's just an opportunity for you to, you know, take a really great vacation mm-hmm. and to like separate yourself from what you've been doing at the, the job and to really consider what do I want to do for the next, you know, 10 or 20 years. So look at this as an opportunity, different paths. And the other thing I really, really want to say is don't get overwhelmed. So I live by some mountains here. And so I wanted to go on a hike and they look really high. Okay. And I'm not a good hiker. And I went with, I went with a friend of mine um, and I looked up, but instead of focusing on how high it was, I just focused on looking down and taking step by step. And so when I, and not falling. Um, and when I focused <laughs> on each step, one step at a time, I looked up and I was about a third of the way up and I'm like, okay, this is doable. So don't focus on, oh my gosh, how am I going to get the perfect job? No, just focus on today, reach out to five people, you know, today, mm-hmm. you know, start to update my resume today, do this. And that's all you want to do just step by step by step, because the more steps you take, the closer you will be to what you want. So th- those are the things that I suggest. I love that. You know, the whole step-by-step thing, I think it's it does feel overwhelming and it feels big and it feels like you don't even know where to go, right? There's so many things that you feel like you need to do. So I love that you broke it down that way so that it's very small. And even if you just do one thing that day, it's still moving you forward, mm-hmm. which I think helps to... Any action you take keeps you out of imposter syndrome, keeps you out of doubt. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, losing your job is a really heavy hit sometimes to the ego Mm -hmm. and can be very much uh, a challenge Mm -hmm. to your ego. And when that happens, all these doubts show up again, like, oh, I'll never get another job. Like you mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. I'll never be able to find another job. That was it for me. And then you look back on your thinking, you know, that job wasn't that great. Yeah. Why am I so upset? I don't even know why I'm upset about this, but I was. Yeah. I and I think it's the they don't like me. Yes. They didn't like yeah. me enough to keep mm-hmm. me, right? I think there's something to that mm-hmm. more than the job, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It feels personal. And again, one of the things that, one of the very few things that's good about all the layoffs that are happening is I'm recognizing, well, it's not just me. It's all of those people. Mm-hmm. It's all of those companies. It's all of these things. And that helps me to, to feel a little less personal about it. If I felt mm-hmm. I was the only person in the whole world that lost their job, that would be a little more difficult. But I just see, again, it's, a, it's an economic trend that is happening right now. And I just happen to get caught mm-hmm. up in this economic trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important to look at it with that perspective in mm-hmm. a more high level perspective. I mean, my when I left, it was in the papers. It was, you know, the first thing everybody called me yep. and asked me if I was leaving. And I said, yes, but it was my choice mm-hmm. to leave. And I think that felt better. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a little easier when it's your choice versus them doing it to you. Mm-hmm. And it feels like 
gosh, that was just not what I expected. And that's where all the shock and surprise comes from. Oh, I agree. So I also know that you put together a course. Yes. Would you like to share a little bit about that for people? Yes, I would. I would like to. So if people are interested in the book, obviously, you know, help my company swipe left is available on Amazon. But I know that that not everybody wants to read a book. And so I have a, a very short course available on Udemy. That's U-D-E-M-Y dot com. And it's free. And basically, I, I think it's about 35 minutes. And it goes through some key concepts taken from the book. And the idea is that if you just need some help, if you just need some ideas, if you just need some way to start to process this, go ahead and get the course and it will help you to start working on this. So I'm really excited about that because, again, uh, it's so funny because I love the book. But on the other hand, I don't want anyone to buy the book because I don't want anyone to have to. I mean, I don't want people to be laid off. And so so I'm, I'm really sort of torn because I want as many people as can to get it if they need it, but I wish nobody needed it. And I feel the same way about the course. I want as many people as I can to take this free course because I want to help people. But part of me is like, I wish I didn't have to help them. I wish they weren't in that situation. But yes, if you're in this situation or if you know somebody in the situation, go ahead, get the course. It will get you some good mm -hmm. ideas. Well, I, I'm personally glad that you built it and wrote the book uh, because I feel like there is just so much unknown, especially, you know, people who've been at their roles for a really long time or a company for a really long time. They haven't interviewed. They haven't done their resume mm -hmm. updates, probably. Their LinkedIn is kind of iffy. Uh, you know, they just haven't mm -hmm. spent the time to build their network. And so I think you create like a little bit of a structure or a guide path for them to follow. And that's what they need right then. So I think it's an yeah. amazing thing that you and Jill have done. And I know that this is your 11th book, which is so impressive to me, as I've mentioned on the previous podcast we run together. Uh, I just find that to be great um, because it's it's helping people and that's what they need. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And that's really when it comes down to it, I want to help people. And especially because I know I wish years ago when I had been laid off, the first time, I wish I had had this. I wish I'd had this mm -hmm. free course. I'd wish I had this book because it would have helped me a lot because I really struggled because I didn't know anybody that had lost their job. And mm -hmm. so if I can help one person, that will make me happy. And if I can help you know millions of people, that will make me even happier. <laughs> Uh, I think you will. I think you will. I think just the title alone will bring people to the book, if nothing else. Um, what's the title of the course? So actually, it's the same title. It's Help My oh, it Company okay. Swipe Left. Yeah. And okay. honestly, it's funny because one one way to, to deal with stress, of course, is to laugh about it. And so so you and I both laughed at, at the title. So if even just hearing the title makes you laugh, that's good. And actually, we start mm -hmm. off the book and it starts off with, if reading that title makes you laugh or cringe... That's good, and you're probably in the right place. Because, and we want we want people to to see it. It's because it's a little. It's the book is a little sassy and it's a little irreverent, and because it's there's no easy answer. This is a tough time, and it sucks, and it's difficult. And mm -hmm. so we want to help people where they are and give them what they need. Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely think that's going to do that for sure. So, where would you like people to reach out to you if they want more information about you or the book? They, so they can go ahead, they can go, again, they can go to Udemy if they just want to reach out to me. So it's Laura, L-A-U-R-A dot Brown, B-R-O-W-N-E 
at careertipsforwomen.com. And I'm happy to answer any questions. And if they just want more information about the book itself, we also have a, a, a site, which is my company swiped left. Dot com. So, yeah, so, and so Perfect. we've got more information there. Anybody who's uh, ever heard about Tinder or knows anything about it will definitely uh, understand that. I, I can't wait to share it with my children and just say this book <laughs> is just a, a really cool way to look at job loss. But, um, you know, it, it'll help people. And I think it will just land, especially with generations who understand Tinder mm-hmm. a little bit more, too, yeah. and see the, the funny side of that. So yeah. thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for all the tips and ideas. Um, is there any last thing you want to share with anyone? No, I think that's really, I just want to say thank you. I really appreciate it. I love, I love your book. You know, I have, I have reread it. I have it sitting on my desk. I just think it's wonderful. I appreciate how much you've been able to help people. And I just want to say thank you for bringing me on today to be able to get the message out for the people that need it. So thank you. Yes, I am thrilled to have you. And I learned stuff from you every time we talk. So I'm so excited that you could be here. And please, please, please get her book. Check out her course. Uh, I will get all the links and make sure they're in the show notes for everyone. So if you need to find them, you can go there. And thanks so much for joining today, Laura. It was really a lot of fun. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much for joining today on the Visibility Factor podcast. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor podcast.